This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Um, news break warning. Alan is going to insult all Tesla owners or people that like Teslas today. That's my job, and I'm doing it. Uh, <laughs> BJ Colleen is here. Hi, BJ. <laughs> hey, Mr. Alan. It's a good job, and, and uh, what uh, I'm your apprentice at, for sure. You so. know, my son, I got to tell you, you know how kids rebel against their parents, right? Yes. So my youngest son, when he was like 22, this has been a couple years now, because he's 24 now. Anyway, uh, he, he mustered up the strength to buy from one of his buddies an almost brand new, the entry-level Tesla model, whatever the hell it is. You know, the entry-level model. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, he did some trading with him, and he was really proud of himself, and he bought this you know, I mean, a good-looking car. You know, a white car comes driving in my driveway, and I'm like, what's this? Who's Who knows me that drives a Tesla? Nobody! You know, and anyway, all of a sudden, and I look at him, and he's got this Cheshire cat grin. And if you know Christian, he's he's got yep. that grin, right? And I went out there, and I go, what the hell did you do? And he's like, oh, I got a good deal on it. I can make money on it. Well, anyway, he was so cocky about owning this car because – People that buy these cars, it's a bit of a status thing, you know. You, you, you I, 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 that's all I can say. That's the only reason why I. They think it is anyway. You know, it's yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, because they're expensive, they don't have the greatest reputations. People that own them love them, though. You know, that's what it is. Okay, there's something for everybody. Anyway, he was very cocky. He then moves to Boise, Idaho, because he's got a, a buddy that's living there, and they they're working on building a house together, and so on and so forth, and and contractor. And he comes home to visit like on Christmas and it was snowing. And if you know, you know, I live in Oregon, he was in Boise and he's in this mountain pass. And you know what happens to the electric cars when it gets cold out, the battery, the life doesn't do real great. And then you add snow to that. So now it's even worse because now you have like parasitic drag on the tires that, so it's not getting as good of economy because of that. Right. So and you're using the wipers and the heater. Yeah, exactly. Everything yeah. in the world. Yeah. So he is in this stretch of highway. This is probably way too much information, but I just think it's funny. That says like 70 miles until, you know, next uh, town or next gas station or whatever. And he checks and he sees that they have a charging station there. And so he looks down and it says like 125 miles. He thought, okay, fine. It's like, you know, I got double the amount. What do you think happened? It started snowing and then the miles decreased and he was watching them get less and less and less. And all of a sudden it's down to like, you know, he's got like 20 miles to go and it says, it says like nine miles of whatever. He had the worst anxiety, so much oh, so true. that he, it's like he wanted to seek, you know, help from a psychiatrist. It was so bad. So he gets home and he goes, I'm selling that chicken pit. It's what he called it, a chicken pit. Anyway, so before we move on, that's my Tesla story, the one Tesla in the family. But it's true. Range anxiety is yeah, real. Yeah. It, it's, uh, 
it's a panic unlike anything else outside of regular anxiety over things and it's terrifying well i know be stranded especially in the yeah. snow oh yeah at night because he was also at yeah. night um yeah. i know that carl is also going to talk about this because there's a study on how electric cars are losing their value so on and so forth but what also happened this week was Tesla finally released the Cybertruck, at least let people look at it and touch it. And well, they couldn't get inside, but they got to look at it and touch it. What are your thoughts on this machine? I'm just curious. You know how I feel about Elon Musk. I think he's a great con man. I think people have bought into the con. Uh, anybody I know that owns a Tesla vehicle can't wait to get rid of it because they've had their experiences with quality control issues. And wow. I think the truck is not something pretty to look at. I think there's a lot of other good electric vehicles on the road with better reputations. And uh, again, Tesla has never been one of my favorite manufacturers. And, and until they can start creating vehicles out of solid gold for $3, it's not going to happen oh, for me anyway. So. <laughs> well, this was an interesting week for old Elon Musk with him telling the uh, advertisers to F off if they yep. try and blackmail him. <laughs> I mean, you got to just think that the guy is so dang bold. I actually, there's a, there. there's a part of me that is beginning to really like him. I mean, of course, I, I like that he, that he bought uh, Tes not Tesla, but uh, Twitter and gave us back some freedom of speech. But man, does he do some weird stuff. Who gets on television or with the New York Times and says, you know what? Go F yourself. It's like, oh, my God. You didn't actually say that to your advertiser. Oh, yes, you did. He's Howard Hughes reincarnated. <laughs> there you go. We'll take a break. It's a perilous world. Oh, it is a perilous world. It's the drive. We'll be right back. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, it is The Drive all across America. I'm Alan Taylor. BJ Colleen joining me with the news and lots of electric vehicle news this week. There's Carl's got some. I think uh, Brian Moody from Auto Traders got some. I'm not sure about George Kennedy, but nobody is. Anyway, uh, <laughs> BJ, what, uh, what do you got in the news there? You know, it's funny because electric vehicles, you know, people either love them or hate them. But the government loves them, and the public seems to be hating them. Volkswagen's got their share of problems. They're out there saying that their vehicles are no longer competitive because of the processes and high costs of, of creating these electric vehicles are absolutely ridiculous. They're looking to start cutting to save $10.9 billion. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, they're going to start doing it through uh, reducing some of the processes they use and 
cleaning up redundancies. You know, these these companies get big and they get fat and they got to start cutting things, but they're going to start reducing the workforce. But they said not till 2029. So that's Volkswagen. So they know that, you know, the people, you know, Volkswagen was always, they always had hot, popular cars and people loved them. And now they went into electrics and not everybody's buying them. So they've got problems. And, And same with Mazda. Mazda actually, the head of Mazda actually admitted that only Tesla is successful when it comes to electric vehicles. They said, you know, in the U.S. EVs last year, about 6% of the market. This year, it's 8%. And out of that 8%, Tesla has 57% of the market. So that leaves very little for Ford and General Motors. And if you look, they're talking about, if you look on the lots now, there's a high supply of electric vehicles sitting on the lots because nobody wants them. And Ford, you know, has postponed a $12 billion investment in electric plant. And and GM has abandoned plans to build 500,000 EVs in the first half of next year. And, Mm. you know, and, and, but you hear both sides. The government's like, no, no, people are buying them. It's going great. And here's all the manufacturers trying to save costs and cutting things. And, and then consumer reports comes out. I don't know if you heard this yet, but, it's uh, done some studies for electric vehicle reliability, and <laughs> they're just saying that EVs suffer 79% more problems than, than gas engine vehicles. Oh, and and plug-in hybrids are about 146% with more reliability issues. So the EVs, you know, you're you're crazy to buy one because they're saying, Consumer Reports is saying, you're going to have problems with them. You and know, it's just... it's. It's just nuts. It's absolutely nuts. So I so. remember Carl Brower, who's on, uh, let's see, what is he on next, I think? Yeah. He bought, and when I heard this, I swear to you, my jaw hit the top of my shoes. What did he you bought do? a couple of years ago an electric car. It was a Fiat 500E. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, yeah, they were fun little cars, yeah. And I, so I, I called him and I go, I thought somebody was slandering your good name, my friend, <laughs> you know, and, and he starts laughing. He goes, Alan, 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 hold on. Let, let me explain. I got, I said, yeah, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> he says $49 a month. And I went, huh? He goes, yeah, they wanted to just get rid of them. So. When we tell you that, you know, you'd be kind of crazy to buy an electric car, there is a point when you can buy an electric car. And Carl found it with that that Fiat 500e, $49 a month. He goes, all I do is I go back and forth to work with it. He goes, and then I have my, you know, his, all his, <laughs> the guy's a hot rodder, all his hot rod cars and his Porsches and things. He says he uses on the weekend, but he goes, and it's actually a nice little car. It's not that these cars aren't kind of, you know, okay. It's just that they have really gone about this whole thing in a bad way because there would have been a higher take rate had they not tried to do all this mandating and willful pushing down our throats and they they wouldn't. And then, you know, really making it difficult on the automakers to continue, you know, doing business without, you know, making sure that they keep up with whatever has been mandated on them next. So my feeling is we're going to return to some kind of normalcy. Well, there will be all types of vehicles available to us. Some people may do fine with an electric car like Carl did, but at $49 a month, I would have bought it too. And I remember he says, I hate to give it up. I think I want to buy it. (laughs) And then when he found out what they wanted for it, he's like, never mind, you can have it back. 
you, you know, know, anytime they force something down the public's throat, it never settles well. Yeah, it exactly. just doesn't. Well, and there's other there's other ways to go about doing it than trying to force the manufacturers and force the people to do it. Yep. Especially when we know the technology really isn't there to go cross country to go in the snow. So yep. it's just it's very frustrating for us in the industry. Well, here's a saying for you. I know you've heard it before. A man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. That's me. I like that. Me yep. too. All right. We'll take a little break. And uh, when we come back, BJ is going to talk about a Lexus LC 500. Sexy. We'll be right back. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Celebrating the 16th annual Subaru Share the Love event. Going on now through January 2nd. For every new Subaru purchased or leased during the event, Subaru will donate a minimum of $300 to charities like the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. To learn more, go to Subaru.com share. Subaru, more than a car company. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru. Love. Love, I tell you. Love. That's it. That's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. That's what they say. BJ joining us. BJ Colleen. I don't know how much Subaru is going to love me. Anyway, um, Lexus LC500. The LC stands for luxury car. I. What else could it stand for? Or... Or does it? I don't know. Uh, it might. How <laughs> <laughs> many letters? I don't know anymore. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but I had the chance to get in the 2024 Lexus LC500. I had the convertible trim. And you know our job as automotive journalists, as responsible automotive journalists, I'm not talking about the influencers who love everything because they get paid for it, but our job as responsible automotive journalists is to test drive a car, see what's good, see what's bad, and talk about it you know, in a respectful manner. Well, I have to say, this car is damn near perfect. Wow. Uh, there, there's like... I don't Hold on. Stop things. everything. Did you just say that? Yes, I did. Wow. And, and not only did I say it, if you look at any review online, they're all saying it, too. Wow. I, it's been a long time since I've been in a vehicle that I, I wanted to marry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear, if this car would ask me, I would marry it in a heartbeat, you know? I would not kick it out of bed. I would marry it. I would, I would buy it food. I would do whatever it wanted me to do. Oh, Lord. My only problem is it, it's high. I can't, I can't afford it. But oh, other geez. than that, it's just amazing. The LC 500 has been around for about seven years. It's a luxury sports car that actually works well as an everyday driver. And oh. you know, most sports cars, they're fun to throw around on the weekends, but you don't want to drive it back and forth to work every day. And this car, I would be happy to drive this car until until I die. And even then, you can bury me with it because I just love it. <laughs> There's three models of this vehicle. They have an LC, LC Hybrid, and LC Convertible. Like I said, I have the Convertible, but the regular LC, the hardtop starts about 99000 Ours was at 105, and with all the options, my test drive car was a hundred, a little bit over 117,000, which is why I can't afford it. So, but for those who can, you are doing yourself a major disservice by not going to test drive this vehicle, because I guarantee if you do, you will fall in love with it. My car was the cloudburst gray exterior with some dark chrome trim and a beautiful, I mean, absolutely stunning white and blue interior, you know, which was $1,900 extra. But it was so worth it. It had a Mark Levinson audio system. 
it had the looks, it was low, it was sleek, it was just beautiful. I had so many compliments on it. It was just amazing. But what I love about it is this is unapologetically a five liter V8 engine, no electric garbage in sight. (laughs) This is just, it's just pure sexy engine. And you turn it on and you get that back pressure blip sound right on startup. So you turn the, you push the button, it's like, blah, 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 you know, and it's just, <laughs> you just fall in love instantly. 471 horsepower, 398 pound-feet of torque. It's just amazing. And you know, when you step on the throttle, you get that push back in the seat. And there's nothing better than that visceral fill of a V8. And that's all there is to it. Um, 10-speed automatic transmission. The shifts are smooth. They're silky. This car is stable at speed. Maybe a little over the speed limit. I'm not saying I did it, but just in case I did. Uh, the ride and handling is exceptional. Nothing upsets it. And, you know, I was getting around 24 miles per gallon in a car that, you know, I'll be honest, I'm, I pushed hard all the time. Wow. Good room inside. Uh, it's got an electronic shifter that was easy to use. And most, I don't really like a lot of electronic shifters, but I like this one. Nice big touchscreen display over 12 inches. The top goes up and down really nice. It's classy. It sounds good. It looks good. It's fun to drive. It handles well. I mean, there's nothing I can fault about this car, except the only thing is it's not mine. (laughs) That's the only fault I have with this Lexus. I'm truly madly in love. It's just amazing. And and, uh, buy it if you have the means, because this is a car I would recommend without thinking twice about it. I I am speechless. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I've never heard you do this. Yeah, once with the Bentley Continental GT years ago. That was the other car that I would die for. But I take a bullet for this car. I really would. <laughs> it's that good. I, I'm telling you, you, you got to tell Lexus to send one up to you because you'll be you'll be drooling and, and praying to win the lottery as much as I have been. Oh, I I told him to go F. No, I didn't. That was they haven't. F is their F sport. F sport. Yeah. I told him to go F sport. <laughs> and, and and they did. Yeah. They they made a whole line of cars of called with the F on it. You know. Yeah, the F sports are fun, but they're not they're not performance oriented. They're more styling, oh, sports styling. Funny. But I, this car, you know, and you again, you take away our our V8s and our five liter V8s, and and you're you're in for boring electric vehicles. And not that Lexus doesn't make good ones. As a matter of fact, they were number one when it came to you know build quality and reliability on the Consumer Reports EV index. Right. But the bottom line is that there's nothing that replaces V8. And my heart breaks for those kids that aren't going to get to experience this thrill growing up of stepping on a throttle. And you know what I'm talking about, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Challengers and things like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, explain that feeling to people. It's so hard to do that. You can't. You, can't. <laughs> you just you can't. Uh, you You're know, right. I think uh, again, I'm pretty well speechless. I've never heard you. Uh, you <laughs> know, like this, I, I know. mean, you said something about you'd be buried in it. I thought, well, if you could use it as your casket, you could save about ten grand off the price right there. Just have them <laughs> bury you in it. You know, it's yeah. like a payment plan for your casket. Um, <laughs> be buried in your in your car. I think some people can, right? I am blown away. It's amazing. Your, yeah. It's just an amazing piece of machinery. That is awesome. You know, it's it's really it's really something else. And Lexus, <laughs> they, they should pat themselves on the back because it's just outstanding. And again, go to any review on YouTube, any review on the internet, Man. any major car magazine, and they all say the same thing. It's just it's a wonderful. The Lexus uh, LC five hundred. BJ just gave it like forty five gold stars. <laughs> yes. uh, thank you, BJ. 
Thanks, Alan. I'm going to go get in trouble now with Carl Brower coming up next. Stay with us, everybody. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Well, it is The Drive, and uh, so as part of this show, we do a lot of test drives with uh, different contributors like Carl Brower, uh, and he's going to do one today. Get ready for this one, a Maserati. Yes. Carl Brower, automotive industry analyst. Uh, he is a Forbes automotive contributor as well. American North American Car and Truck of the Year juror and board member and executive analyst for iccars.com before we get to the test drive though and it's been a big topic on the show carl welcome to the show it's been a big topic about electric cars and i'm starting to see it now in the normal old mainstream news about that electric cars are not as popular as well, the president was forcing us to believe, <laughs> if I could say that. <laughs> I never believed it. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, well, let's just look at some, some interesting data, because you know me, I'm a complete data geek when it comes to the industry. Right. So the average used car over the past year has lost 5.1% of value. So if you were buying a used car today, on average, you could pay 5.1% less than you'd have paid a year ago. Yay, good news. If you were buying a hybrid-specific used car, you'd pay 9.6%, almost 10% less than you would have paid a year ago. Even better news. If you're buying an electric vehicle on the used market, you'll pay 33.7% less than you did a year ago. They have lost over a third of their value in the past 12 months on average across the electric vehicle use market. Well, what you're really saying is that if you bought one, you have really, uh, you are stuck with it for the most part, unless you really want to take it, really take it in the shorts bad, if I can say it like that. Well, and that's, that's what's really ironic is that you go back like just over a year and people were paying a premium for electric vehicles, new and used, and they were all the rage, and everyone was rushing out and trying to get one and paying more than MSRP or paying yeah. a lot from the used market if they had to just to get one. So, yes, if you wanted to make an argument that if you, quote, unquote, invested in an electric car a year ago, you would have done better with, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, Tesla stock, and that's down, down from a year ago, and you'd have still done better than a year ago uh, in Tesla stock than on buying an electric car. Man, well... 
I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I think you kind of saw, and Lauren and BJ and George and all of us kind of saw that we were being fed kind of a, a, a line of, of BS, I think. They were trying to use scare tactics to make us, you know, like, well, they're going to make uh, internal combustion ice, internal combustion engines illegal in certain cities and all this garbage that... You know, I mean, I guess it could have happened, but I don't see that happening anymore. Do you? No, I mean, I think you and I, you know, are are that one part of us. What do you call it? Um, oh, I know the logic center. Yeah, I think the logic <laughs> center and you and I was popping up and saying, um, so you're telling people they need to spend more money in an environment where borrowing money costs you more than it used to. So buying a more expensive car, which most people have to finance, means paying even more for the car because the cost of loaning the money to buy the more expensive car costs you more to finance than a car that would have been cheaper with less of a loan. And then you're going to not be able to go more than a couple hundred miles at best, depending on how cold it is or if you're towing something in one of the trucks that's battery powered. And then you're going to have to spend somewhere between, well, the the various entities out there will try to tell you 10 to 80% in 20 minutes. And of course it's like, yeah, if you have a car that can handle that much input of amperage and you have the perfect level three fast charging station and the cars that, you know, and the temperature's right and there's no vandalism and there's not a line to wait in. And so really it's more like an hour or a couple hours. So pay more money, pay more to finance the car to buy that more expensive car Make sure you don't go more than a couple hundred miles, and when you're done with that couple hundred miles, spend, realistically, a couple hours getting it charged. Or buy a gasoline car. Now, we're all going to buy EVs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and you know, who wants to spend more than five minutes at a gas station or a charging station, if I can say it like that? Because it's still just a, a fueling station, you might say. A fueling station. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then you said something there that the average person, and I'm going to call myself an average person because I don't know a lot about electric cars a level three charging station. So one of our colleagues posted something the other day that the newer cars will tell you, I guess, what level of charging station some of these charging stations have. And then she says, but also it tells you whether it's out of order or not. And yeah. she showed, and then she took a picture of her app and the next two that she could use as a charging station were both out of order and the third one was in use. So even if you show yeah. up, you still may have to sit there for an hour while the other guy is charging. And so now you're not only staying at a fueling station or charging station for five minutes like at a gas station. You're going to have to wait possibly an hour because, listen, nobody can bring you a gallon of electricity on the side of the road when you run out. they got to pick your car up and take it in somewhere or take it to a charging station. So it's real yeah. anxiety. So the average person doesn't realize about the different levels of charging stations that are even available at some of these charging stations. Again, it's confusing. Right. And again, you have to find one and there aren't all level three. A lot of them are level two. Most of them, many of them are not level three. Most of them are not level three. Yeah. It takes longer. And then assuming you find one that is theoretically level three, as you said, it's got to not be vandalized. The pay system has to work at it. Right. I've run into both those problems. In oh, the past no. Trying to charge electric cars. And if both those things aren't issues, 
Well, maybe someone else realized, hey, this station works well. It doesn't have issues. I'm using it. And there's two, three, four people in front of you while you're waiting for them to do their charge. Yeah. So, God. yeah, as people have said, I, I, again, I was saying this for a while now, people, it's not range anxiety, it's charge anxiety. You know, that, yeah. that's the new catchphrase. But I've been saying for a while, it's like nobody's going to get stranded in the middle of anywhere. It's too easy to find a charging station. That's not the problem. The problem is that getting to the charging station is only your first step on solving your energy problem when you're in an EV and you, you know, might find three or four other hurdles to right. get over once you're there. Well, okay. And, and here's another one in the, the real world that we live. Remember back in the Cowboys and Indians days and you would go into a Canyon, you're riding your horse, you know, on a horseback and you're a cowboy and you get this eerie feeling that, there's there's somebody you know like it's a setup what's, what's that called when you're when you're being like set up you're going into a uh kind of a setup i can't think of the name of it that's how far away from cowboys and indians i am but it's kind of that way you're ambush? sitting ambush, ambush thank you an ambush <laughs> thank you that's my brain not functioning well but it's <laughs> you're going you're going to get ambushed possibly because now you're let's just say you're coming home from a party and it was cold outside and you, um, I don't know, you forgot that your car needed to be charged and you now you're, you're there and somebody knows that you're going to be there for an hour and they may wait and it's, it's a bit of an ambush. Maybe they're going to come and hijack you, carjack or whatever. Not going to get very far because you still need to charge your car. That's the only. That's the only <laughs> well, depending part. on how cold it was, you might not have needed a charge when you got to the party. But when you went out and it was thirty degrees colder, right. the car goes, "Oh, well, right. I could have gotten you home twenty miles." Oh my god! Uh, at, at, when it was twenty degrees warmer, now I can't get you home. You got to charge first before yeah. you're going to make it home. I don't want to be ambushed. I can tell you right now, I don't want to be in a position to be ambushed. I avoid ambushes, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about this. Uh, basically, what we've got going on is that this new IC car study showing electric cars losing their value and taking longer to sell, while what kind of cars are selling quickly and are gaining popularity. Carl Brower will tell us about it. ICcars.com. You can find this full study. We'll be right back. Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, you're listening to The Drive all across America and our show brought to you in part by Subaru. Love, love, I tell you, love. It's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Uh, Carl Brower joining us. So we were talking about this latest study from iccars.com. The study shows that electric cars are losing value and taking longer to sell. As I would tell you, I would have predicted had you asked me. Uh, well, what kind of cars are selling quickly and are gaining popularity. I think I know, Carl, but you could go ahead and spill the beans. <laughs> <laughs> well, in contrast to the electric cars, when we looked at the top 10 fastest selling new cars in October of 2023, seven of the 10 fastest selling cars were hybrids. Yep. Yes, the hybrid has 
finally broken through to mainstream. And my strong opinion or theory, Alan, is that 20 years ago, these things started to be popping up on the radar. It was the 2004 redesigned Prius that finally looked okay. The, the one that was available from 01 to 03 looked uh, like something out of the Japanese anime because it was a Japanese market hybrid. But the 04 and later was US-based and US-purposed. And people then understood that there were these hybrid things and Leonardo DiCaprio drove one to one of the award shows and yeah. made, a very, made a big buzz. But they were like, I don't want to have to plug in all the time. No, you don't have to plug this in. I don't know. The battery's going to go out. There was a lot of fear about hybrids. It's 20 years later. People have realized, oh, so hybrids basically don't have to always be plugged in. There's no range anxiety. They don't cost that much more than a pure internal combustion engine, and they get vastly better fuel efficiency. So smart. And if you get a plug-in hybrid and you plug it in, you can go somewhere between 25 and 50 miles before the engine turns on. So if you have a daily use that's less than that, that distance, it is an, an electric vehicle. You're yeah. never using gasoline. Right. But if you do need to all of a sudden go further, you just go further. Best of both worlds. And you're not looking for a charging right. station. I will tell you yep. that my daughter bought one a couple years ago now, and she says, I will never buy another vehicle that is not a plug-in hybrid. And they love to come to my house, and they have a charging station at my house so they can steal my electricity. That's how kids are. <laughs> I know. All right, we got three minutes, and I want to get to this. By the way, there's a big study at iccars.com. shows all about the electric cars uh, losing their values and taking longer to sell, and while hybrids selling more quickly and gaining popularity. iccars.com. Give us a couple of minutes on the Cybertruck. I noticed they're showing up all over the place now. What do you got? Yeah, so we're on the cusp uh, of uh, Cybertruck kind of finally becoming mainstream. It was launched this week. Elon introed it. I suspect this truck will get a lot of buzz, a lot of energy, no pun intended, and a lot of interest, and it will do essentially nothing for Tesla's financials. <laughs> uh, and the reason it will do nothing is because he's already admitted that it's very hard to produce these trucks harder than he thought. More expensive to produce these trucks, more expensive than he thought. Lower profit margin than he originally thought. And I think there's going to be a core group of people that want anything that says Tesla on it. And the fashion statement the truck makes will be appealing to them. But is the truck a functional, useful truck? No, it is not. First, it's an EV, which everyone's already discovered with the Lightning and other electric trucks. Seems like a great idea until you start trying to use them as trucks and you lose half your range because you're trying to tow something or carry something heavy in the payload. So trucks as electric vehicles aren't nearly as bright and shiny of a concept as it was a year ago because people have figured out what happens when you use them as trucks. So that's going to hurt the cyber truck right there. But then it's not a very good truck even when you aren't trying to do anything, you know, go a long distance because you can't put anything in the bed, the shape of the truck, the whole thing. So it's just not a functional truck. It's got a statement fashion-wise and visual-wise, and that's it. And you're not going to have a lot of truck people who have any interest in the vehicle. Well, I will tell you, you know who's the happiest auto manufacturer uh, out of all the auto manufacturers? And even though they're no longer in business, Pontiac. Do you know why? I know you know why, because this is the ugliest machine ever made, even more ugly than the duck-billed platypus Pontiac Aztec. This is ugly, and, and like the Aztec, it is my feeling that it'll be some sort of a cult machine at some point. Like the Aztec is, believe it or not, there's people that's like, there's um, all kinds of crazies that like the, the Aztec, and I think they're crazy, right. okay? It's my opinion. But there's well, going to be- a very small group, a small, dedicated group who love it, and that's, yeah. you're right, and that's what's going to be with the cyber. <laughs> right. Thing, but. but here's the thing. 
It's just like they say, you know, Jimmy Carter used to be, they used to make fun of him. He was the worst president until, of course, Biden comes along. Jimmy Carter's dancing. He's happy because he's no longer the worst president. Anyway, it's the same thing with Pontiac Aztec. With the, that, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen, honestly. It looks well, like a I, giant I ever, kitchen I, I utensil. Yeah. When, when he rolled that thing out, I was like, okay, you know, that's funny. He's showing us some yeah. kind of early prototype. Now show us the real truck. Yeah, and I said the same me, thing. It took a long time. I was like, that's that's the truck. Yes. He's not joking with us. No, I, I said the, the exact same thing. I said, that's just a box to illustrate yeah. a truck. No. Right. He he was serious, and it's just it's pathetic. But anyway, I think it's wonderful that he's done this. Anyway, we'll take a break. <laughs> You're listening to The Drive. Stay with us. Hey, brother, do you still believe in one another? Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. I'm sure that I'm going to get a lot of bad mail from the um, Tesla-loving community, the Tesla truck, Cybertruck-loving community, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am. goes right into the round file, you know? Because at some point, we have to have opinions here, right? Otherwise, what the heck we got going on? A butt-kissing contest? Well, I would, I would not win at that, I promise. Carl Brower is well, here. Well, you know, there's an, audience, there, there's an audience for everything, Alan, so you get traffic and clicks with that, too, if you want to start shooting well, those. Oh, that's yeah. true. I'm sure there's a TV show in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> let's see. ICcars.com. There's a study out right now showing electric cars losing their value and taking longer to sell, and while hybrids sell quickly and are gaining popularity. You can find that at ICcars.com. That's where Carl's from. He is a executive analyst. By the way, you know I like cows and I have a little farm, right? And I, I actually took a job at Old McDonald's Farm down the street, Mr. McDonald, you know? And he gave me an executive position. So like you, I am now, I'm an executive at Old McDonald's Farm. I'm the CIEIO. Yeah, that's a dad joke. I know, sorry. All right. <laughs> Carl, you got a chance to drive the Maserati Gran Turismo. What was that like? It was pretty cool, yeah, as you might imagine. So this is an all-new version of the car. They've had the Gran Turismo, I think, 07 was the first year. And real quick, you know, it's funny because Gran Turismo is Italian for Grand Touring. And it's every car that has had the letters GT attached to them. And you might have noticed there's been one or two models that have had the letters GT pasted on them somewhere right. on their exterior body over the last 60, 70 years, Alan. 
So GT is kind of shorthand for Gran Turismo. Everyone's kind of references it on their kind of more performance oriented vehicles, but Maserati, you know, you know, bless them. They're the first ones. It's like, no, this isn't a GT version of a car. This is a Gran Turismo. That's the model name. <laughs> right. So they came out with an 07 and now they've got a brand new version out. And sure enough, it's a very comfortable high speed cruiser. Gas or and electric? It comes, yeah. Well, that's, what's interesting in the redesign they introduced a pure electric version, but not only an electric version. They built a modular chassis capable of being powered by gasoline or electric. Oh, now that's smart. Cool. That's smart. Yes. There you go. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and they've even kept it relatively light. You know, one of the worst things about EVs is that they weigh, well, they don't weigh a ton. They weigh two, three, <laughs> well, in the case of the GMC Hummer, like four tons. Right. But they're these heavy monsters, and in terms of performance, that's the last thing you want. But the electric Folgari, of course it's Italian, so it's the F-O-L-G-O-R-E, pronounced Folgari, version of the Gran Turismo is pure electric, and it weighs 5,000 pounds, which doesn't sound like the lightest car, but as an electric vehicle, that's pretty damn light. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, to, the, to give people an pearl, example, my Mustang GT, Gran Turismo, my Mustang GT Shelby from 2007 uh, weighed 4,400 pounds. It was a convertible. So it's not yeah. that much heavier than a in, you know internal combustion Mustang, similar size. No, and me. the newest the newest Mustang GT500 weighs like forty three hundred pounds. Yeah, so, so it's not and, that and much heavier. Our demons weigh like forty three, forty four hundred pounds. So mm. five thousand pounds for a battery powered car is actually pretty good, but the internal combustion ones only weigh four thousand. So they do have a nice uh, diet Ooh. there that they go on, <laughs> and that helps them handle and and be a little more responsive in in their driving. And they still make 550 horsepower, 480 pound-feet of torque, and zero to 60, three and a half seconds, top speed, wow. 200 miles per hour. Wow. So uh, the internal combustion one is quite fun. Now, it's a V6, which a lot of people are like, ugh. But, you know, they're getting just the technology, as you know, Alan. I mean, they got 1.5-liter three-cylinders in a lot of the small cars now, and, and you would never guess at driving them. <laughs> so with that, with six cylinders and a three liters, it's literally twice as big. This thing makes plenty of power. A beautiful exhaust note. When you floor it, the, uh, the the growl in between upshifts as you're accelerating. They're always good at that. It's Maserati. Yeah, back, yeah. Man. You know the Italians. They know how to do that. Yeah. And just the gorgeous interior. Oh, my gosh. This thing was a Blanco or his white and Italian exterior. It looked nice. Interior was this red leather that was one of the most supple and just luxurious interiors I've ever been in. For, uh, really for cool, how really cool gauge cluster. much money. Well, you might have to spend a little or maybe a little bit more than a little for this car. So it starts at uh, 205 oh. and the, and the way mine was equipped, it was 229 so, And this uh, was the ele- you drove the electric car. version, right? No, I had the gas. Oh, you I had, had the, the gas. Trofeo, okay. Okay. the mid, mid, mid-grade how, powerful gas. I was going to say. This uh, is How and then, dare yeah. they try and put you in an electric car, Carl? <laughs> Yeah, the, 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 the electric one makes 700 horsepower. Oh, well, it has so, to because it's 1,000 pounds heavier. All right, listen, we're running out of time. It's the fastest one, too. It's faster in the 0 to 60, but, uh, yeah, it weighs a little. You can find this story about the Maserati Gran Turismo at the, uh, Forbes, Forbes Autos. And uh, yeah. Carl Brower, thank you, buddy. Hey, this was a lot of fun as always, Alan. We're, uh, we're, getting our, we're working our way through this EV thing. Don't worry. We're going to come out the other side okay. I trust you on that. All right, we'll take a little break. <laughs> it is the drive. Don't go anywhere. Another hour to go. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Celebrating the 16th annual Subaru Share the Love event. Going on now through January 2nd. 
For every new Subaru purchased or leased during the event, Subaru will donate a minimum of $300 to charities like the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. To learn more, go to Subaru.com slash share. Subaru, more than a car company. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News, exclusive interviews, real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Okay, hour two here, and our guest right now is George Kennedy. He is co-founder of CarTender.com and the vice president of the New England Motor Press Association. He contributes to U.S. News and World Report, Car Gurus, Forbes on Wheels, and here on The Drive. Uh, George, first of all, I'm asking everybody on the show today, uh, any thoughts on the uh, Tesla Cybertruck? Um, it's one of those things where I'm reserving judgment until it's sort of out there in the wild in a more real sense. It's been a while since they announced it to production. I know Tesla's got its game together in terms of its current vehicle lineup of when it comes to quality, build quality, panel gaps, etc. But that took time, and... I know they're trying their hardest to get these things to production, so one of those things that you have to worry about, sort of a prove-me-wrong stance, is what is the build quality going to be like of these early vehicles? Hmm. I would say just simply one word. (laughs) I'm not sure that's a word, but we'll just uh, take it at that. Anyway. uh, A sound, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just far too opinionated. You know, and I've not driven one, but it's just as far as looks go, I'm sorry. I just can't you know, get over it. Here's the thing. I, you know, the early Model S when it first came out, which is 10 years ago now, that was a lifestyle vehicle for those who could afford it, right? Yeah, it was sort of a status symbol for the early ones. That's what this is. No one's asking it to do what an F-150 can do. And I think go, if you go into it with that expectation, you're going to be okay. sorely disappointed. Well, you're going to have some truck traditionalists. And no one's asking you to, to use it at your farm. No, right? No. Oh, can you imagine that? <laughs> honestly, farm animals. seriously. Yeah, and, and that that was a paradigm shift of thinking with my GMC one-ton dually crew cab. You know, out there doing its thing, and the you know with the cows, it looks at home. Right, and it, I know you love your Gladiator, and you use it for actual truck stuff. But right? for a lot of people, that fits into a segment of vehicles like a Forerunner or like a Jeep Wrangler, where it you know. Some may be using it. If I had a Wrangler, I'd be using it to off-road and stuff. But a lot of people, they might use it to go to the beach or whatever. And it's a lifestyle vehicle. Maybe go camping. That's what this is going to be. Yeah. So my Wrangler, I don't look at my Wrangler like a truck. I look at it like a side-by-side. You know, somebody can (laughs) sit. It's like an off-road vehicle that I can, you know, like in Arizona, you can drive those things on the road. Uh, The side-by-sides. But I don't look at it like a truck, even though my, my, my Gladiator has a bed on it. It's, you know, I have a little toolbox in the bed, which means now I have enough room for a small cat, not even a dog, if you know what I mean. But it's utilitarian. It's kind of I own a side by side. And when I don't want to take my my gladiator out into where the cows are, 
because the mud is too gross and, and full of cow pung. You know, uh, I take the side by side out there and it just starts throwing crap into the air. I do that sometimes just to torture people. Anyway. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that. Well, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned the, uh, the Wrangler as a side by side because uh, Mahindra built a vehicle called the Roxor. That is a side-by-side, but doesn't look like one of these futuristic, angular, like a razor. Oh. It looks like an old FJ or it looks like an old Willys to the point where Jeep sued them over sort of oh, replicating I, yes. likeness. I remember And this. ended up losing that lawsuit. Oh. Um, but I, the whole thing is that that's a vehicle that you, you can't drive, you know, licensed on the roads. That is a side-by-side. Right, so, yeah, right. you're, yeah, sounds like you're ahead of the curve. I am, and I have, like, nine tractors to go along. When I can't get my Jeep out there, a tractor goes out. If I can't get a tractor out there, something with tracks on it goes out there, you know, whatever it takes. I'm getting out to my girls, my cows, that is. All right, tee us up because I got about a minute till I have a break. You're going to do a test drive. You got a couple of vehicles. A vehicle that I would say, even though the name cross country in there, it's going to be mostly on road when you go cross country. Because as we were talking about the mud and all that, and the Jeep Wranglers and the Gladiators, the Volvo V60 cross country. I did, by the way, I did run the Baja 500 course in a Volvo cross country about a decade ago. And it was amazing how well it took that terrain, although not mud, because it was dry during the summer months. It was because they wanted to show us just how capable these vehicles were. The other thing we did is we took the same vehicle to Depot Bay in Alaska. And let me tell you something. We were in the desert with the Baja 500 trail, and then we were on literally on ice with 40 degrees below zero with uh, the, the Alaska part of it. So when I say the Volvo cross country is great for, you know, soccer moms and the rest, it also is very capable. When we come back, uh, George is going to give us a full rundown on this vehicle. Um, it is the drive, test drives, talking about uh, opinionated things like I'm asking everybody on the show today, what do you think about this Tesla cyber thing, cyborg thing, cyber truck? Um, I personally just can't stand it. I can't stand it! No! Oh, sorry. It just happens every now and then. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, you're listening to The Drive. I'm Alan Taylor. George Kennedy joining us. Uh, contributor to, uh, well, everybody, including The Drive. <laughs> it's out there, man. 
George, I didn't mean to uh, suck up all the time on the test drive review for the Volvo V60 Cross Country 2024 year model, a different kind of capability. Take it away, George. Sure. So the V60 is Volvo's smaller wagon underneath the V90. The Cross Country has been sort of their more rugged franchise within the brand. So you've got the the XC90, and the XC stands for Cross Country, the V90 Cross Country. Those are the more rugged wagons. And this vehicle was fantastic. I'm going to start with just one area of qualm, and that is Volvo's infotainment system. Not great. It's a giant tablet, sort of like my qualms with Tesla interfaces where too many things are operated through the touchscreen. And despite that, and despite how much I, that is a big holdup with a lot of vehicles, I would still drive this. I would still own this car mm-hmm. because it does the whole urban suburban assault vehicle thing so well. It has a ton of space. The interior is stunning, you know, really comfortable. It drives great. We had, the, I think, the mid-tier powertrain, so not the recharge, but the I think it was the B4, B5. Plenty of power, a little bit of lag on the uptick at first, but great power on the highway. The wide, low stance made this car great for handling. I mean, whether you're on the highway, it soaks up bumps in the road, or if you're on a back road, it can corner really well. And a lot of that is the wide stance, but it's also got, I think it had like Pirelli P0 tires on it. I'm not even joking. Those are legit sports car tires. So this thing can corner, it can handle, you know, a family and all their gear, and it can do it in style. So you mentioned here, this, it's so capable, this, that, and the other. And as we were talking about before, you know, what a real truck can do or a side-by-side or a Jeep, the word utility is in the sport utility vehicle, and that's what that is. It's a wagon, but it's still considered. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a wagon. Yeah. You know, at least they're being more honest about it instead yeah. of calling. Right. You know, right. No, you're 100% right because it's a wagon, but they still, people look at them as a sport utility. I don't see me putting a bale of hay in the back of that because this is a luxury vehicle, really. It is. Yeah, I mean, I, they're not making the the assumption that it's being branded as an SUV. It's, <laughs> right. it's, that would be one of the, the XC vehicles. This is a wagon through and through with a little bit more a little raised ride height, some extra plastic. But it's got 60 cubic feet of cargo space when you fold the rear seats. I mean, that's, that's as good as some of the smaller SUVs out there. Right. So did you encounter any off-roading with it at all, like snow or trail riding or trail driving or any of that? Not really. I mean, the roads in New England could constitute as off-roading <laughs> to post in other parts of the country. Right. Um, and this thing just glides right over those bumps yeah. in the road. Oh, it was good. It does that perfect luxury car thing of being able to soak up imperfections in the road, but the ride is not overly harsh. So did you say it was an electric? Is it an EV? Or is it a hybrid? Is it a... No, no. It? So it's it's a mild hybrid. So okay. it's a turbocharged four-cylinder engine. That's what I thought. Uh, and a mild hybrid setup. So that's pretty, you know, what you're going to... There, there is a plug-in hybrid version of this vehicle, and that's pricier. That one starts at 70. This one starts Ooh. at closer to, to 50. Um, but the the recharge, the plug-in hybrid one makes you know 450, you know, almost double what the the base model makes for output. Right. You know, like I said before, I have driven these in extreme conditions. When we were at uh, no, it was at Prudhoe Bay. Prudhoe Bay. Did I say Depot Bay? Prudhoe Bay. Maybe I said it wrong on the other side of the break. But it was in Alaska. 
40 degrees below zero. They don't even turn the cars off at night because they would just be frozen solid. They just leave them running all night long when it's that cold. But the, it handled ice amazingly well. And, and then even in the Baja Desert, these vehicles, they really do more than you give them credit for because you don't look at it and say, I'm going to go race the Baja, or not race, but run the Baja 500 course. You, don't, you just don't ever think that. But that's why it's important for us journalists to go out and sometimes do extreme things in some of the cars that you would never ever think to do that with because you know first of all no damage was done to any car they all come back unscathed and we were all all the journalists were like what did we just experience this is wow talk about the ability to talk about capability we just lived it all right hang tight there's more with george kennedy he's got another car to talk about uh Again, props to Volvo, the V60 cross country for 2024. If you want to spend about 50 grand for an awesome machine, go take one for a test drive. Uh, I think you'd be impressed. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Uh, Co-founder of a company, uh, freelance automotive journalist. Um, He is, uh, let's see, vice president of the uh, New England Motor Press Association. And we've established so far that... um, the uh, let's see, the Tesla Cybertruck is ugly. Uh, that the sport utility uh, or cross country Volvo wagon is awesome. It's now time to move on with George Kennedy to the Kia Seltos. Did I um, recap that correctly? Just checking. Uh, yeah, I think you did a pretty good job <laughs> summarizing the last, the last two segments. All right, so the, the Kia Seltos, where does this fit into their lineup? Kia's making some good stuff. So this is one of their smallest SUVs, probably on par with the Kia Soul. And what's interesting is, you know, when we did the first drive of this this past summer, they said that when this vehicle first came out in 2021, it was an answer to the question that folks had coming to dealers looking for a vehicle the size of the Kia Soul, but with all-wheel drive. So this is essentially, think about a vehicle the size of the Kia Soul, a little bit more capability, more ride height. And the neat thing is that I, I'm pretty sure it does come standard with all-wheel drive on one of its base trims. Mm. And then as you build up through the, the rest of the trim lineup, it becomes optional. But what they wanted to do was make all-wheel drive an affordable option within the Kia lineup. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, Subaru is, I think all their vehicles are all-wheel drive. Isn't that correct? Except, wait a minute, is one of them not? Except, except the BRZ BRZ, yes, that's a sports car. But that would be great as an all-wheel drive. But anyway, continue. Yeah. <laughs> that's another episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's funny. So the Kia Seltos, how much does it start as, or what's the, the basic price? Sure. So it starts at $24,390. The top tier FX trim is $30,000. And in the middle, there's several other trims. And you get a lot for the money. I mean, 
It comes standard with the Uvo infotainment system, which is, in my opinion, one of the better touchscreen setups on the market. It's easy to use, straightforward, comes standard with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. It also comes standard with like a whole host of driver assistance features. So in reality, for this $24,000 subcompact SUV, you get the driver assistance features, you get the infotainment features, you get all-wheel drive standard. It's an incredible value. You know, it's funny because you and BJ are two people that I know that always, they always, you and her anyway, go right to this entertainment system. And I am not so, I guess because I'm more driver-centric, focused on, you know, um, operating the machine than I am operating the, the, the navigation. Well, you're on a farm. Your daily driver doesn't have a touchscreen, all right? <laughs> it's got glow plugs. <laughs> but anyway, Yeah, that's right. But... So, well, let me ask you this. So BJ complains about Mazda in particular, how, and our friend is in charge of that, who I've known for, I don't know, 20 years, he's in charge of that. And she is so particular about their, their infotainment system. You called out the one in the Kia as being exceptionally good, but you called out the one on the Volvo as being not so friendly to you. So there's, there's, there are a couple of reasons why they're different. One is that, and I think you would, I've, I've always said on the show is give me a touchscreen, but also give me redundant controls for radio and climate controls. So yeah. I want to be able to press buttons for the heat and I want to be able to turn a dial for the radio yeah. and the tuning. And then you've got a couple home buttons on either side of the screen. You'll find that in your Jeep. You'll find it in your Chevy. That is, that is the easiest way to do it. Yeah. The way that the Volvo sets back is that it puts too many things in the touchscreen. Mm. Okay. Where the Mazda falls short is that they don't even have a touchscreen. It's a rotary dial in the center console, which is something that all the luxury automakers got away from over the past decade or so. Like, you know, BMW introduced iDrive. When that first came out, it was maligned. Yeah. They still offer a rotary dial on those vehicles but they also give you touch control. So what I do understand is that going forward, talking to some folks at Mazda, that is for features like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, which are meant to be used in a touchscreen capacity, you can use the the screen as a touchscreen. I don't know if that's a hardware update or whatever, but then for all of the other vehicle subsystems, you're going to have to use uh, the rotary dial, which is, in my opinion, maddening. Make everything available for both. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I have a three-year-old granddaughter, and she just turned three this last weekend. So while she was in her twos, if I was looking at something on my phone, she could come over, take my phone from me, and say, pictures, Grandpa. And she would take my phone, and she could literally navigate this phone, even pinching pictures and widening them out with, you know, reverse pinch, you know what I'm saying? And swiping. And I'm watching these tiny little fingers and this tiny little mind that is growing up on this technology. And the problem is, you know, I probably got 20 years on you. The problem is, is that as us older guys, and I'm going to call you an older guy, as us older generations are aging out, the new ones are coming up. They've been born already, and they've all been born with an iPad or an iPhone or some kind of a phone that is an electronic device in their hands, and they know how to navigate it. So they will not be near as picky about this kind of stuff as you, me, and the other journalists of today, right? But what I would argue is that no matter what, I mean, yes, they have the, the, the tablet first and the phone first, but then after 16 years of age, then they have to get in the car for the first time. And the two uh, infotainment systems that we both pointed out for their, their shortcomings, the Volvo system and the Mazda system, 
they both require you to take your eyes off the road for too long. Oh, right? okay. Well, there you go. George Kennedy, uh, thank you to Kia and Volvo. Uh, the Kia Celto starts at twenty four three ninety, on up to about thirty grand, depending on how you want to outfit that sucker. Kia makes good vehicles. Volvo too. The only ones that don't. Well, I would never say the Tesla Cybertruck, but I just did. I'm, I'm saying that. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> Joking. We'll be right back. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, it's a radio show about the automotive industry and experience, test drives, opinions, good opinions, bad opinions, mean opinions, friendly opinions, whatever you want to say, but I'm a very opinionated person. So uh, in the last hour... We had uh, my friend Carl Brower on, and I asked him what he thought about the Cybertruck. We talked a little bit about it. Now joining us is Brian Moody, who's the executive editor of Auto Trader and also works with KBB, Kelly Blue Book. And Brian, I have a question for you because this yeah, is sir. a very polarizing machine. My well, point. Well, you did say mean, so I'm hoping I can get. Uh, yeah. Line them up. Let's yeah. let's find some people to be mean to. Well, I mean, BJ Colleen and I have used to have a I hate Elon Musk segment, but I guess I stopped hating Elon Musk. It's just more like I hate some of the things that uh, Tesla does. One of them being this Cybertruck. I just bleh, hold on. Bleh, bleh. Oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, I, you know, it's like, we don't want to hate anybody, but you can hate things. It's okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about this thing? Okay. So let me play devil's advocate just for a second. Yep. If you want to hate on Tesla, <laughs> I can understand why. But don't you think that maybe the reason that you hate them or that you're on that side of the fence is not because of the guy, not because of the company, not because of the cars, but because of the fans. Ooh. They're just so unwilling to hear. <laughs> there, it's like when you tell them you have to explain, no, but the emperor is not wearing any clothes. 
And they're like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> no, listen, no, he's not wearing, like, yeah. he's not wearing any clothes, right? right? He said right. not to panic. Right. And they just, did, they just dig in. But here's why I think that the, the company is worth defending. 20 years ago, we wouldn't have been having this conversation because Tesla wouldn't have been anything of note. Today, they're the number one electric car seller. In fact, they're the number one seller of luxury cars in the U.S. And that company has come from nowhere to be a dominant player in the automotive landscape today. I think that's pretty impressive, whether you like the guy or not. Well, you know what? Agreed. He's an entrepreneur, and he's, he's definitely a bombastic man. He's outlandish. Yeah. And he's yeah. kind of like our entrepreneur version of Captain Jack Sparrow, you know, <laughs> from. <laughs> yeah, but, but don't you think that like this is a pattern that we keep seeing in, in American life and society that people say, oh, well, you know, I don't, well, I, don't, I don't like that guy. Oh, he's not nice or he's not. Uh, right, you know what? Right, right. Maybe being that way is what it takes to get the job done. Yeah. What yeah. about that? Maybe I wouldn't be a good president. What about that? Maybe I wouldn't be a good CEO because I'm not like that. Maybe that quality that people seem to dislike is the very quality that you need to just yeah. get stuff done. Well, uh, the editor of Car and Driver magazine, who I, I miss our great conversations with, you know Chubba Chetta. He was, was the editor, retired now. Yes. One time he says to me, he says, we are lunatic fringe car guys when I went to work for Car and Driver. And I thought to myself, lunatic fringe. I kind of like the ring of that. <laughs> and that, that's, that is exactly what Elon Musk is. He's lunatic fringe car guy. And he did what many thought was nuts. But, and even his own dad, because when he, I read a story here recently when he um, finally made, you know, Tesla cars, he went to give one to his dad and his dad says, nope, I only drive Rolls Royce. I think that's hilarious, you know? Well, so listen, the truck is ugly, obviously. You could ask me a hundred times, what do I think? It doesn't matter what I think. Yeah. People are still going to buy it. Yep. And they're going to sell every one of them. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's weird. Uh, I mean, it's not futuristic in a conventional way. It's futuristic in a Logan's Run just came out yeah, kind of way. Yeah, totally. I, I was thinking of a, a Woody Allen movie. You would see that, you know. Yeah. Future. <laughs> I that, know. And some people think that's cool. Yeah, right. But it, and, and that's the thing about, dare I say, America, even though America's yeah. just uh, crazy right now. We have what, um, who was it that said this? Hold on a second. What's the guy that used to run Chrysler and he was at BMW before that? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. It's, it's killing me. Or, Nardelli? No, it was the guy that was the uh, car czar. Oh, geez, it's killing me. Anyway, I'll come up with it. He, yeah. he flies a Russian fighter jet, too. Remember? And he's like 85 years old now. Anyway, oh, yeah. Whatever, whoever it was, I'll, it'll, it'll hit me in a minute. But he said, Americans love wretched excess. That we live, <laughs> and that's what it is. That shows, if you drive one of these cars, you have achieved wretched excess. You well, have everything, you know. I thought we were saving the planet. I thought every... 1,000 horsepower, four-ton, $100,000 electric pickup was saving the planet by using fewer resources. Are you telling me that's not true? Come on, Alan. Oh, my gosh. And I, you know what's killing me is I can't remember his name. Ugh, but anyway. No, you're right. And that's the problem with the whole thing is that, 
You know, every time you talk about the making of the batteries for all these electric cars, the only thing that the mind can conjure up is little children working in these in these mines. And that's what has happened to our brain so that no matter what, even if they were super efficient, the yeah. uh, the side of the, uh, the, the electric car hating world that hates the lithium batteries or whatever kind of batteries you make, it doesn't matter, batteries are just bad no matter what. All you can see is children in the you know in the rain carrying buckets on their shoulders, and this is how they make batteries. So no matter what, it's it's destined to not succeed unless you're an elitist and you buy a Tesla or Faraday Future, or right. something that uh, right. you know is grandiose. So I don't know. I just think when you combine the most popular vehicle segment pickups. With the most popular vehicle type in its segment, Tesla, you're going to have a winner. I mean, we could go on and on about, yeah. oh, the front end looks horrible. What's with that angle? It How does. You're right. Yeah, they're horrible. I know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Oh, well. Okay, well, that was really fun. That was a full-on <laughs> judgment session. God, I like it. I'm going to go break some dishes while on the commercial break. Everything in my office is going to get pulled off the wall. Oh, I love hating people. All right, we'll be right back. Stay with us. When you knock on my door. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru. Celebrating the 16th annual Subaru Share the Love event. Going on now through January 2nd. For every new Subaru purchased or leased during the event, Subaru will donate a minimum of $300 to charities like the ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. To learn more, go to Subaru.com slash share. Subaru, more than a car company. Well, after that judgment session, I feel so much better about myself. I'm Alan Taylor. Oh, yes, I am. And my buddy, Brian Moody, the man who is always very moody. Brian Moody joining us from autotrader.com. And what is this playing in the background? A little Lenny Kravitz. I need some cheese and some wine now after that. That was really a good judgment session. Thank you for joining me in that. Um, <laughs> all right. People, let's get- listen, people like what they like. There's no, there's no, you know, I'll even tell you this. At one point, when vehicles came out, my wife and I were looking for a vehicle. Around the year 2000, we were looking for something that wasn't a sedan, wasn't a full-size SUV, and wasn't a pickup truck, and wasn't a minivan. And guess what car came up on our list as options? What? As one of the options. What? Pontiac Aztec. No. So... That's yeah. that's what we yeah. Carl and I said that it's the new Pontiac Aztec and Pontiac Aztec is no longer the ugliest vehicle on the road. It has now been taken over by the Tesla truck. But anyway, anyway. But hindsight is twenty twenty. At the time when there weren't that many crossovers and you were looking for not a minivan, not a full size SUV, not a sedan, you narrowed it down and you're like, you know what? The idea of the Aztec is like this might be for us. We didn't buy one, but it was on the list. Right. Just saying. Well. And if you remember, because you and I have been friends, I think, that long, General Motors did a study to gather data and let the data Mm -hmm. decide what this vehicle needed to be. So it was a data-driven design. And technically, 
you know, they're, technically they're yeah. probably right. It's just that unfortunately. It wasn't a bad idea. Yeah. It was just ugly. Sadly, <laughs> the end of product was ugly. Well, yeah. it was practical, but think about how many cars that we talk about that we love are impractical. Like yes. a Porsche yeah. 911 is not practical. Correct. It, right. it may have some practical aspects to it. Yep. Right? Yep. Like, yeah, technically you could put a car seat in the back if you wanted to or a baby seat. Technically, it's reliable. Technically, it's this or that. But at the end of the day, it, it isn't practical, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. That's the thing that makes it attractive. Well, so practicality and beauty don't always go together. I think the Cybertruck was probably the number one because bulimia is not a problem mostly with men until they showed the Cybertruck, and then guys were sticking their fingers down their throat left and right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. You have a study, <laughs> best study right now for best luxury certified pre-owned vehicle programs out there. Who's got the best one, Brian? Yeah, so if you're looking for a luxury car used, look for a certified pre-owned. That's a good place to start. Yeah. And several, I'll give you a couple of examples, like Lexus, for example, unlimited miles on their certified pre-owned warranty. So they give you an extra two years after the warranty with unlimited miles. Yeah. Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, and Volvo also give you unlimited miles. However, with Volvo, it's five years from the original sale date, so you really only get one extra year. Um, but the others, Porsche gives you two years. Lincoln gives you six years from the original sale date, but that's limited to 100,000 miles. And check this out. Many have a $0 deductible. When you go in to get a repair, a warranty repair, many have a $0 deductible. The exceptions are BMW's deductible is $50. If you can afford a BMW, that's probably not much. Genesis, 50 bucks for the deductible. Wow. Lincoln has a $100 deductible the highest on the list, but many others have a zero deductible, including Volvo, Porsche, Mercedes-Benz, Lexus, Land Rover, Jaguar, Infiniti. Buick has a zero dollar deductible as well as Audi and Acura. So that's something to keep in mind. And some give you complimentary maintenance as well. Acura, for example, gives you the first appointment for your maintenance update for free. Audi gives you two appointments. Lexus gives you four. Hmm. Some just don't give you any. So something to shop for if you're on a budget, but you still want a nice car, you know, look for how many scheduled maintenance things you get. Mm -hmm. BMW offers you a loaner car during repairs. Many others do not. Mm -hmm. Infinity offers you a loaner car, as does Jaguar, as does Lexus, as does Mercedes-Benz. So it's stacking up to Lexus. It's a pretty darn good certified pre-owned program, but the others are worth checking out too. Just be sure to ask about things like deductible, mileage limit, warranty length after the original warranty has expired, and whether or not you get a loaner car in case your car does need repairs. Those things can make a huge difference in the value of your certified pre-owned warranty. So there's a list of these on autotrader.com, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. I remember back in the day, because I was a car dealer, oh my gosh, in the 90s, anyway, actually in the 80s and 90s, and selling warranties was a big profit center for the dealers. And as a dealer, we were happy to do that because you made an extra couple hundred bucks, whatever it is. And uh, But I didn't really believe in them that well because I thought people really had to fight for them. So these certified yeah. pre-owned programs are through 
the dealer, the manufacturer, you might say, the, 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 like it's, if it's a Lexus certified pre-owned, it's through Lexus. Yeah. And so yeah. you yeah. know that you're covered. The same, yes. What you're talking about would be better described, even though when you go to shop, they will describe it as certified pre-owned from the corner, you know, used car lot. Those programs are better described as breakdown insurance. Yeah. You're purchasing breakdown insurance. So in case your car does have a problem, they'll cover certain things. With these programs, these are backed by the manufacturer and they are instituted by the manufacturer and you're going to get the repairs done at the dealership. All right. Uh, this song is called Don't Worry Baby uh, by Los Lobos. And so if you buy a certified pre-owned from the manufacturer, uh, you don't have to worry that much, baby. But let me tell you, when that warranty wears off, it's the same feeling when your cat dies. It's like, no, 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 no. Yes, that's how it feels. I'm just telling you. I've had one before. We'll take a break. Brian Moody is here with us. I know I'm insulting everybody today, Brian. Daggone it. Oh, well, that's how I that's how I roll. I bring it out. We'll be right back. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. I think I got to change that. Automotive expert. What is that anymore? How about Car Guy Deluxe? Uh, another Car Guy Deluxe is Brian Moody from autotrader.com and kellybluebookkbb.com. Uh, by the way, if I didn't say it, I'll say it again. This, the, 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 uh, the whole list of these best Luxury certified pre-owned programs uh, is at autotrader.com in case you're... Yes, sir. You know, because the price of uh, fixing cars anymore in the repair department is ass nine. I mean, ass... astronomical. Astronomical. Yes. And even a lot of manufacturers are having a hard time still getting parts for their cars, oddly enough. So some people are waiting for, you know, a month or that. One, I was watching this one... Um, well, it was with Jeep, actually, and they were there was no fix because the parts weren't available. So they're like, don't drive your, your vehicle. And I was like, uh-oh. So this is still happening. And, and so you, if you get a program like uh, Brian was talking about where they'll loan you a car, I think in that case they do loan you a car anyway. It's a special situation. But all right, autotrader.com is where you can find that. Now, another 
little tidbit in the news, and, and you can certainly please tell me about two things. One is there's a Honda Museum in car capital of the world, Los Angeles now. The other one is Brian's got info on the fastest car in the world, and I have to imagine that's a from a manufacturer. And they may be a sponsor yeah, of the show. It is. Mm, yes. um, surprisingly, the fastest car in the world is not the Mach 5. Can you believe that? Oh, no, shocking. Go speed racing. Um, yeah. So the Honda Museum has, this is now open to the public. Honda's regional headquarters is in Southern California. And it's in the town of Torrance, which is right off the freeway, just yeah. south of Santa Monica and those places, but north of Orange County. And they have quite a nice collection in the lobby of their headquarters. It's called the American Honda Collection Hall. Oh. They have vintage Hondas, such as an S600, that's their little sports car from back in the day, an N600, that little putt-putt car from, everyone remembers, yeah. from the 60s. Tiny little the 75 Civic CDCC, they're usually done in yellow. <laughs> and also the first Honda Accord from 1979, although the first model year might have been 77 or 6. I don't remember. Anyway, they have lots of cars. In the lobby, they even have motorcycles, mm. and they have awards. So, trophies they've won, awards they've won, Acura vehicles are represented. Sports cars like the F two thousand are represented. Acura, GTP, and other category race cars, IndyCar, I think. Mm. Remember the Target sponsored cars? Sure. From Honda, motorcycles and even mopeds. They even have their robotic vehicle that they developed for CES one year. I remember that. Anyway, it's cool. I think it's worth checking out if you're in Los Angeles and you want to go see a bunch of Hondas. Honda does have cool stuff, I have to admit. They even have outboard motors and lawn mowers. So, by the way, in the the museum. My very first car in 1981 was a 1982 brand new, the new square-bodied Honda Accord hatchback. That was my first new car. Isn't that funny? All the rest of them were used. My first good car was an 81 Honda Accord I drove for college. Oh, that's too funny. It wasn't new. It was five years old. (laughs) And I put 300,000 miles on that driving back and forth between Long Beach and Sacramento in the car. And when I got rid of it, I still got like 600 bucks for it. And it was running and the air conditioner was working. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. The drum roll now, because we got about one minute. The drum yeah. roll is, what is the fastest car in the world? And I was thinking, well, maybe they're a sponsor of our show. It's got to be Dodge with the new Demon, um, you know, that does a 1,025 horsepower. And then I thought, wait a minute, that's the quarter mile. They have yeah. like, but what is the, it's not that is what he told me. In the not commercial. that. What is no, it? No, what else? Well, I, I was thinking perhaps maybe John Hennessy's F5. but No, no. What is it? It is the Koenigsegg Jesko Absolute. Swedish automaker builds this supercar in testing. They got it up to about 330 miles per hour. Power comes from a twin turbo V8 that makes nearly 1300 horsepower. And if you put E85 in it, it can get 1600 horsepower. Zero to 60 comes up in 2.5 seconds and it weighs just 3,100 pounds, a little bit more. This is very light. Thanks to carbon fiber. Love it. Super impressive, lightweight wheels a drag coefficient of just 0.278, so it slips through the air. Got a big wing, which puts lots of downforce on the uh, rear wheels, yep. and a nine-speed transmission. So, nine. You know uh, what? I love it. Speed. Here it's we are. a light-speed transmission, by the way. A, a light-speed. Here we are in the world of electric cars in a V8, 300-and-some-odd you know, mile-per-hour uh, supercar. Yes. I feel good. 
That makes me feel exactly. good, too. It sounds just like that. <laughs> That's <too>. right. <laughs> Brian Moody is with AutoTrader, AutoTrader.com. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, thank you. That's it for me this week, everybody. I uh, hope you feel good, too. If not, um, go buy a so Tesla Cybertruck. That'll make you feel good. See you next week. <laughs> I feel nice. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.